Fantasy Sports Corp and Underdog Fantasy have teamed up to start your fantasy season off in the win column with Best Ball. What is Best Ball? It's quite simply the easiest way to win. No team management, no trades, no waivers. It's their biggest contest ever and it has only gotten bigger. You simply have to sit and win. You don't even have to set your lineup. Always get your best score every week. Just enter a contest, draft your team, and Underdog will do the rest. What could make this even better? How about free money, up to $100 using our exclusive promo code? Go online now and use the promo code InjuredList to double your deposit up to $100. You tell them Gingerbread sent you. Good girl. List Podcast, your source for all sports injury topics. For the weekend warrior to the sports fantasy guru, we keep you in the action and out of the injured list. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the host of the Injured List Podcast, Brian Scott. All right. Welcome back to the Injured List podcast. And like I promised, my special guest for this episode, Mr. Travis Reed. Without further ado, let's bring him up to the stage. There he is, Travis. I'm excited to have you on the podcast. I got to be honest, I have not had a basketball person on as of yet. You are the first, my friend. Thank you for joining us. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me, Brian. I really appreciate it. And not many people know this. I don't share a lot of personal stories, but I did play ball back in the day. Uh, almost played in college, almost, uh, at a small Division three school in Vermont. It didn't happen. I blew my knee out before I ever even had the opportunity. But I, I think I could have done it. I, you know, I'm 5'7". At the time, I weighed about a buck sixty, But I could jump, believe it or not. I had some hops. And I okay. could shoot the jumper. So, okay. Uh, okay. I don't think I could have competed against you. I mean, you're like you were like six, eight, two, twenty nine in your playing days. Yeah, and, yeah, um, yeah. You racked up quite a list of accomplishments in your overseas journey. Um, in a time when a lot of guys were trying to come over here to play and be successful, you were actually going over there and became very successful. So, congratulations on all your accomplishments. I mean, there's a lot to list. You were. Um, I mean, I don't even know a lot of these leagues, but you you made the way your way around and you were good everywhere you went. You were the league MVP in Holland, finals MVP, league MVP in Estonia, Baltic League MVP. You were a multi-time all-star and a runner-up MVP in Australia. Did I did I get all those? <laughs> yes, 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 yes. <laughs> um, take me through your journey because we talked before this interview and you were telling me your first stop which I was shocked to hear um, was actually in South America, correct? Yes, yes. Pretty much what happened was uh, I got drafted like number 59 or something. I forgot, you know, uh, back when I graduated from college from Long Beach State. You I went, played, you, did you play all four years at Long Beach or were you at U, UCLA as well? I was. A, I started at UCLA. Uh, I, I went there with the number one recruiting class in the country, Baron Davis, Earl Watson, uh, Billy Knight and uh, Shea Cotton. Uh, we went to UCLA, uh, and then 
the next year they brought in the, the recruiting number one recruiting class with Matt Barnes, uh, Jerron Rush, Ray Young, Dak Azirik, Joe Musio. So my sophomore year, we had basically nine professionals uh, that that was you know on that team. Uh, five NBA guys. Well, if you want to count Ray Young, six. And then three uh, overseas guys, you know, including myself. So, uh, Baron Davis and Earl Watson obviously both played 10, 12 years. Baron Davis being the two-time NBA All-Star. Matt Barnes, obviously, you know, everybody knows him from up in smoke. But uh, I've been on him since he was about 18, you know, going as a fresh fresh fish at UCLA from Sacramento. Um, You know, not even including Jerome and Dan. They the one that kind of taught me, talked to me about, overseas basketball because Dan was in Holland. He's from Holland and Jerome was from France. So I, I kind of learned about a little bit how basketball was with them. I stayed there two years, left, went to Long Beach State, graduated from Long Beach State. Uh, like I said, you know, was Big West, all first team, two years. Yeah, even though one year I thought I should have played a year, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> <laughs> and we won't get um, into that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, so after that, you know, there was a choice to be made uh, between like NBA Summer League uh, and going overseas. And what happened was I, I, I had an apartment at the time and needed to pay rent. <laughs> and, uh, you know, an agent who knew my teammate, who was an agent of my teammate, said, look, I can get you to Bogota, Colombia for like $5,000 a month. And I said, sold <laughs> so that way i knew i was like well i could pay my rent for a couple months straight okay good <laughs> you know at the time so i you know pretty much i graduated in may from long beach state and then like in june i was over in bogota columbia uh playing professional basketball in, in south america which was look if i'd have saw the cocaine cowboys <laughs> I probably wouldn't have went. My mom wouldn't let me go. I was going to say, <laughs> but, man, we, we talked about this also before. Like, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wouldn't, have, wouldn't have went. Wouldn't have went. We might have going. to have a whole other episode about your experiences down there just oh, to touch on all oh, that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Trust me. Uh, yeah, there's some there's some stuff, you know. Some, <laughs> just to say the least. Uh, well, I, I'll put, give you a smidge of it. Uh pretty much I had two armed guards with me at all times because they, you know, quote unquote, you know, <laughs> kidnap people. Yeah. Uh, so whenever I went anywhere in the city where I walked around, I had two armed policemen with me. And like, there was no cops. The military were the cops. So they had like the big, you know, that was the first time I ever seen like the big M16 and the AK <laughs> Barishnikov, whatever, AK-47. And I was just like, man, they just walk around with that, <laughs> you know, <laughs> to protect me. That's an eye-opening um, experience as a teenager yeah, in South America. Yeah, huh? yeah exactly. <laughs> so it's kind of like, wow. Um, yeah. But yeah, like I said, it was a great experience. Uh, I had fun. Um, you know, I learned a lot from the back, from back, you know, like from the business side as well. Um, Imagine you, know, you grow my, up pretty fast too. Yeah, you probably had yeah. to mature a little bit quicker than you would have if you stayed home. No, definitely. Definitely grew up really fast. I actually signed my next contract to go to Poland while I was over there in uh, in Colombia. And so, you know, I was like, well, they wanted me to play the whole season. Uh, my agent said, just leave, just leave. You got to get back home. So in the middle of the night, I took a taxi. 
I took a taxi to the airport, bought a ticket to Miami, and then Miami to back to California. Now you might not have made it out otherwise. Yeah, I don't know, man. I was nervous. I was like, man, because I was telling her, look, my grandma's sick. My mama's sick. You know, my family, I got it. Like, okay, you know, like, you ain't going nowhere. I was like, uh-oh. Amazing. So, Unbelievable. Yeah, so like, well, you this- made it out of there. You got all your fingers and all your toes still attached. So that's good for a basketball player. That's very important. No, no, yes. And then um, made your way over to Europe, played, played 10 years total which is quite remarkable in a time when, like I said, a lot of guys were trying to get over here to play. You were over there being very successful. Um, tell me a little bit about some of your other experiences over in Europe when you were out there. Well, uh, definitely had a great, you know, great time. I actually played 11 years, but one year, I, one of the years I was injured the whole year. You know, we'll and we'll get, get into, into that. that. Yeah, we'll get into that. So, um, but my, my, my experience, I learned a ton my first year about the business, about getting released, about the money situation, everything. Like I said, um, I went to, let, you know, let's go back to Poland. I went to Poland and I was there for almost a month and they released me because I wasn't 6'10". Like, you know, they wanted. Literally, that was the, that was the reason. Um, it wasn't because I didn't play well, nothing. They just released me because I wasn't 6'10". They wanted a 6'10 guy. Crazy. Um, yeah, didn't pay. Didn't they sent me a ticket home? I'm on my. I'm on the plane with the other American going home, and I get emergency call. Travis Shree, come to the front. And so it's my agent saying, "Get off the plane. I have another <laughs> job for you in France." And I'm like, "Wow." You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm like sleep almost on the plane, getting ready to go home. Uh, I get off the plane. I bring my bag to the next uh, place. They say it's too heavy. I don't have any money. I have to leave my bag there in the airport. <laughs> um, and so they, you know, I just, he just said, just go and we'll get it when you're in France. I go to France with basically just my backpack, my tennis shoes, and the clothes on my back. <laughs> And a PlayStation. <laughs> and Need that. Got to have that. You got to have the PlayStation. <laughs> and I left everything, all like my pictures, clothes, all that stuff in Poland, uh, thinking that they was going to just send it to France once I get to France. So the team from France, I'm there practicing. I'm washing my hand, washing my clothes every day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is the craziest year ever. I'm hand washing my clothes. They give My agent says, they're going to give you an automatic car. They give me a stick. I don't know how to drive a stick. So my car is sitting in a parking lot for like two weeks <laughs> because I didn't know how to drive a stick. Uh, yeah, it was it was a crazy situation. I was there on a tryout with, again, we're going against another American who was there on a tryout. Yeah, and just the crazy situation. The coach gets fired, so the other coach bring, comes in, brings wants to bring in two new Americans. Uh, I go to – actually, I'm, I'm my agent uh, is French, you know, so he's like, I'll be there in two days. So <laughs> He sounds like the, the French Jerry Maguire almost. <laughs> right, yes, exactly. I'll be there in two days, you know, so he, the, uh, he wired me like a 1,000 euros. So stay in a hotel for, you know – Two days I'll be there, so they dropped me off in Paris. Uh, so I was there for instead of two days, I was there eight days. 
Uh, I ate McDonald's every day. Oh man, which sucked. Yeah, uh, it's not the same over there. That's for sure. Yeah, no, no, they, they have a different kind of McDonald's. You know, that's a whole another story. But you know, um, so I'm 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 there, and like I said, eight days later he comes. We go to Belgium, uh, and the coach coach cuts me because he thinks I'm not good enough. I was like, man, forget this. <laughs> I'm forget say, basketball. I'm surprised I'm you made home. it that far, man. Right? I'm like no. I'm like holy cow. I'm th- I would have been like, is this the way this is going to go? Like, I might yeah. as well just fold it up right now and go home. Like, I'm exactly. surprised you made it even the, the only, re- only reason I made it was my dad basically was like, son, it's okay. I mean, I've been through worse. I was in the military. That's I was like, true. Dad, he was in, I was in another country, dad. <laughs> they don't even speak English. You know, it just, I was just frustrated. I, oh, by the way, I never got my bag. I was going to say, I'm, I'm sure that thing's probably still sitting there. Yeah, it's, it's, they threw it away in 2002 or whatever it was. But I never got my bag, so I just had the clothes on my back for all that time. My agent came, brought me some clothes, whatever. Um, so, like I said, we went to Belgium. And then after I get released in Belgium, I fired my agent. I'm like, I'm through with you. Forget this, man. And so another agent that knew me, he, had, he said, oh, you're in Belgium? There's a team that's offering... You know, $1,500 a month is not that much money, but you'll try out. So I was like, what do I have to lose now? <laughs> I started out making 5000 I signed a contract in Poland for 10000 and then it was 6000 in France oh, and 4000 no. in Belgium. <laughs> oh, no. And it, the money just kept going oh, down. No. And by the, I was at the Baba and the Barrow in Holland. Oh, no. And so the first game, we I practiced for a couple of days. The first game we played, we played the eventual champions of the league that year. Um, and we get blown out by 30. I, you know, I was like, I shot the ball every time. I didn't care. I was like, I'm gonna shoot it. So I ended up with a lot of points, but I was terrible, like shooting from the field, uh, you know, maybe 30 points off 25 <laughs> shots, <laughs> you know? And, uh, pretty much after that, uh, the coach was like, Oh, Travis, you know, I said, coach, thank you for the opportunity, whatever, you know, cause I'm thinking he's going to send me home. And he was like, no, we're going to keep you. I was like, really? Well, oh, oh, okay. Like shocked. <laughs> I was, I was shocked that they kept me. And uh, yeah, that's how my career started. That's awesome. But you know, it's always yeah. like, it always takes like, I feel like everybody has that break where it's somebody that sees something in them that maybe they didn't see themselves. Right. Like you were like, like, listen to you talking about it. Like you're like, I, I shot terrible. Like, you know, you had all this other stuff going on. God only knows what you were thinking. Your mind's probably racing a thousand miles an hour. You just started <laughs> chucking up shots and, but they saw something in you and gave you a chance. Mm-hmm, Sometimes mm-hmm. that's the way things kind of roll. That's you know? how it, that's yeah. exactly how it goes. And like, that was the start of my career. I will never forget that first year because I went five countries <laughs> in like two and a half months. That's crazy. Um, yeah, and that was just like I said, I learned about the money teams will hold the money from players. Oh, yeah, players getting released. Obviously, that being me, you know, players getting released for absolutely no reason. And I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm obviously paraphrasing and you know, some other things, but right. oh my god, yeah, that first year is an unforgettable <laughs> year, will always be embedded that's, in my mind. It's awesome. Um, so it sounds like that's probably the big difference between the Euro game and the international game versus the NBA. Like nothing's guaranteed, man. Like everything's kind of just fly by the seat of your pants, hope to get the check, hope to get a contract. <laughs> Maybe your agent's working for you. Who knows? Well, I could tell you this. In, in, if you play long enough in overseas, every single uh, player has went through it where yeah. uh, you either been released 
or you haven't gotten your money, you know? Yeah. And you can sign a contract for 100,000, 200,000 and they can be like or 20,000 a month. I just go by months. <laughs> or you know, like 20,000 a month and then one month they say, "Look, you'll get it, you'll get it. Just keep playing, keep playing." I'm like, "Wait a minute. I've been playing this whole time. <laughs> You've been paying me this whole time. What do you mean you don't have it?" And then sometimes they'd be like, "We don't got it. You just got to play through." <sighs> you know, and now <laughs> you can sue for the money. But the problem is they'll they'll wait you out because they like they know you want to go home. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So European basketball probably, you know, this is just me, right? I think is the worst contract uh because it's year to year, right? Now you can sign a two year deal, uh, but it's not gonna be it's gonna be a jump in money, but not maybe like a, a four to ten. It's gonna be like a four to six. Mm-hmm. Um and, and then don't get me wrong, it's still good money, but like, you know, uh, and they can sometimes team just release you, yeah. you know, because they don't like you. Say the coach, look, I was on a team my first, my second year in Holland, I was with a coach. He released 25 Americans in one year, <laughs> you know, that's 25. crazy to think of that because I'm thinking they would want those guys over there. The talent tends to be probably a little better. You'd think maybe it would help their guys get better, maybe add a little bit of something to the game for the fans, draw some more crowds and pay. I, I don't know. Maybe I guess I'm thinking backwards. <laughs> hey, uh, this coach, you know, even though the funny thing is we won the championship that same year with basically six <laughs> players because he had, oh, everybody had cut or quit that year, you know, so it was a situation where, you know, like you, you can, you can have a contract. Like I said, when in my first year, I thought I had signed, signed contracts and come to find out they were tryouts. And even in the NFL, you get your bonus money, you know? Yeah. Uh, your signing bonus money. Like over there, you could be over there for a month, month and a half, two months. Don't get no money. You're just hoping and praying that they give you, you finally give you your money, you know? And if they do, they'll give you the last month check and they'll still owe you a check. You just, you know, European basketball, uh, it's not what people think at times, but it can be very fun if you go into the right organization. Yeah. Well, I, maybe that's why all those European players are trying so hard to get over to the NBA. Well, they know the million dollars is whatever it is, is guaranteed and you're going to get it even yeah. though it's taxed. Even uh, if you're sitting on the bench making the league minimum, it's still probably better than being over there hoping to get a check from month to month. <laughs> well, like I said, some teams have the money and they, they just pay you. Yeah. And what the Europeans do, the European teams do, if we're like young players, they sign them to these ridiculously long contracts. So when they do get drafted in the NBA, they have the NBA has to wait four or five years to get them over because they're under this six-year deal with, uh, you know, a team like, example, uh, Mano Ginobili got drafted by uh San Antonio like like in 2000 2000 I think or 2001 he did come over to like 2004 yeah because he was under contract for the next 4 years you yeah. know same with Tony Kukoc and other other people yeah there was a, yeah a lot of those guys played for several years in Europe before ever getting their chance yeah before every you know they they would get drafted yeah you know and then like just they would have to play out their contract cuz the team wouldn't let them has you that know, started to change, you think, from what you've seen with these international guys? Like when you look at a guy like Luka Doncic and stuff, they seem to be coming over younger now. Yeah, well, Luka is a – I think he's a special case just because yeah. 
uh, he played so young. He was professional at like 15, 16. Yeah, crazy. I, I personally saw the first young person start in Spain, which was Ricky Rubio. Yeah. He was starting in Spain at like 16, 17 years old. Yeah, he was young, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and so he, because he played with my teammate, with my ex-teammate, Jerome Mauricio. And I saw him and Rudy Fernandez both right before they went to the NBA, they were both like 16, 17 years old yeah. playing in Spain. And same with Luca. He had he had been playing professional so early that he could go to the NBA at nineteen twenty or whatever he was, just yeah. because he had been playing professional since he was like fourteen. Yeah, and they Most they had the pedigree and the resume to back it up too. So yeah, yeah. yeah. So a lot of those guys they be playing like second division. Like when Dirk got drafted in ninety eight, he was playing in second division Germany. He wasn't even in first. Yeah, and like in Dallas, just took a chance. Yeah, you know? yeah, they did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Crazy yeah. So. Stuff. No, so that's kind of what it is for the most part. Like some of them, like they want to get out, you know, of the situation that they're in. Like the on the coup, Giannis on the Coupo and his brothers. Yeah. Um, but you know, like a lot of them, you know, they're coming over now a little bit more younger and younger because they want to play in the NBA. It's sure. just such, it's just so much money. And don't get me wrong, European they get paid a lot of money too. Yeah. Um, but it's you know fifty you know now it's like fifty million dollars a year if you're an all NBA player you know that's so crazy it's money yeah yeah yeah. So while you were over there, did you have a lot of interest still from any NBA teams? Did you get it? Did you ever get calls about coming back home and playing? Yeah, I did. I actually played in the summer league, not for NBA. I played in the free agent summer league back in two thousand four. Um, you know, I played with uh, Baron Davis. I, you know, I was gonna try to play with the Clippers. Yeah, but Baron was like, "Just play with me, man. You get to see, you know, you play with me. NBA eyes are on you." Um, but the problem was is that I won MVP the year before, and what European teams do is they try to sign you while you're there. They lock you they up. Know, yeah, yeah. They know when you're good. If you go home, you're probably not gonna come back unless it's for double or triple the money so if you're good like they started pressuring or you know my agent in november like can travis come back what is you know here's a contract he'll come to me nah that's not enough you know and then january and then march and then april and then he'd be like okay okay <laughs> so you'll sign a deal thinking like i want this security yeah. And every year I just kind of did that instead of like, I should have maybe have, you know, tried to come back. I just never did. Well, that's got to be, I mean, that's got to put you in a real tough spot. It's like a double-edged sword, right? I mean, like here you are, like I got guaranteed money. I'm playing well. I'm getting to play every day or I can take my chances, go back home, have to vie for another spot, maybe as a free agent, maybe not get signed. And now we're um, stuck in limbo. Hopefully, 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 I'll get signed somewhere overseas again. Have to turn around and do it all over. So, I mean, I can understand taking the guaranteed stuff, especially the further you got into your career. I mean, I, I guess as you're getting older and you're like, hey, listen, they're not going to knock on my door. That I'm just going to live out my dream and do it over here overseas, which for you worked out pretty well. I mean, you got the accolades. <laughs> well, no, I think uh, you know after a certain amount of time, you know, you just be like, you know. You know, you just be like, forget it. I'm going to just keep playing overseas. Yeah. Well, you I get think, older, you mature a little bit. I think the realization sets yeah. in, you know. And and be honest, like, you know, by the time I was, you know, fifth fifth year overseas, I was, you know, triple digits, you know. So, you know. Hey, like, if I was your age, living overseas in Europe, triple digits, I'd be having the time of my life. Yeah, so... 
Like I said, I wasn't, you know, like it, it took me, you know, years to get there. But yeah, yeah by the time my, you know, it was a, yeah, about fourth, fourth, fifth year, I was making, you know, well over a hundred thousand a year. So I was like, well, you know, it's, it, I know Europe, I know, you know, where I'm at and, you know what I'm saying? Like as, as much as I wanted to chance it with the NBA, I just never did. I just kind of just did the European thing. I can't blame you, man. When I was, cause I'm about the same age as you. So when you were doing that, I was probably still getting my master's degree, still making like $30,000 a year, working 60 <laughs> hours a week. So I can't blame you. But Trust um, me, I hear you. <laughs> let's, uh, I'm going to flip the script a little bit on you, but I'm going to do a quick little commercial thing here. And then um, we'll come back and we're going to talk about your injuries because they were not minor. You had more than one. And mm-hmm. uh, I want to get your viewpoint on how that kind of played out overseas because it's much different than it would have went down over here for sure. <laughs> and uh, I don't think people understand sometimes when I talk about this stuff, how different it is when you head outside the U S but you, you can, you can speak the truth to that. So let me take a quick break and then we'll, we'll be right back. Okay. No problem. Special shout out to today's episode to SeatGeek. We recently partnered with them to become a brand ambassador. What does that mean? Well, for you, it means you get a special discount when you make your first ticket purchase with SeatGeek. With my code, InjuredListPod, you will get $20 off your first purchase with SeatGeek. SeatGeek is a ticket purchasing app that takes all the confusion out of buying tickets to your favorite sports, concert events, and more. They score each ticket on a scale of 1 to 10 to help you know if you're getting a good deal. Green is good, red is bad. My followers get $20 off their first ticket purchase using my code, Injured list pod. Click on the link in the show notes and browse for your favorite events. Your next big night ever is waiting, and they have the tickets. All right, quick little break there. We're back now. I got my boy Travis Reed here, Mr. International Basketball Superstar. He, uh, <laughs> Colombia, Poland, France, Belgium, Holland, Estonia, Germany, Australia. You played pretty much everywhere. Um, <laughs> And you were successful. Multiple MVPs, some championships, all-star appearances. Made a great career out of uh, international, uh, on the international scene, I should say. But it was not without some problems along the way, uh, namely injuries, which is what we're talking about, what we always talk about here on this show, uh, the Injured List podcast. So, Travis, uh, explain to my viewers uh, and listeners what happened to you and, and where were you at the time and, and when? Okay, well, uh, I was in my, uh, I think my fourth year. Yeah, I think I was in my fourth or fifth year in overseas. I was on my, I was in my uh, third year on one team uh, in Holland. I was in Holland because I played uh, one year, my first year. Obviously, I told you where how many stops. Yeah, I played on one team, a one MVP of the league. Uh, the statistical MVP, which was the best stats in the league my first year. The next year, uh, like the season ended in, for me in May, I went back in July. I was practicing August 1st on that team that we won the championship. So August 1st, essentially, uh, all the way to May 30th. So not much downtime. Yeah, May thirtieth. Did, 30th did, did you take whole... any time off, or did you keep playing well, through I, that? Or when, yeah, we pretty much that's you know that's what I was gonna get to. Oh, like, sorry. Yeah, yeah, we won the championships. So obviously, imagine a whole season, 
May 30th. Uh, I don't get back home till like June 1st. Uh, then two weeks, in two weeks after that, I start getting, uh, I didn't even really take a break because my boy was like, you know, you're going to play in the summer league, you know, the Long Beach State Summer League. Now that was where they, that's when, it was just before Vegas. So right. teams, NBA teams still played at Long Beach. Okay. And I was in the free agent division. Like I said, with my friend Baron Davis, it was his team. So literally two weeks after I came back home, uh, I started I started like working out. I didn't even, I just I just never stopped working out. I just worked out and played in the summer league. We played the whole summer league, you know, that whole summer. We won the championship of that summer league. Uh so that's another whatever it was, fifteen games that you know, like two months in. And then I already had signed a deal to go back to Holland and I wanna say maybe uh, three weeks after that, I went back to Holland for the next year. Uh, played the whole season that year. All of my teammates got hurt, except oh. for me. I was the only one that played played every game, practiced every game, everything. You know, went through everything. Uh, played that season. We lost in first round in May. Uh, went back home. I signed another deal to come back. Uh, like I said, really didn't have that much downtime from the two previous years. Uh, went back for my third year. In the beginning of, like, the preseason, my leg was killing me. My shin, it was just like, man, I was rubbing stuff on it, trying to play through it. And it was just like, man, I don't, man, I don't, this is, like, not just pain. It's not soreness. You know, because at first it was like, oh, it's just sore because you're just coming back. And then, you know, I was like, uh, I don't think so, man. You know what I'm saying? This feels a little bit more painful. So I went to get an x-ray. Uh, from, you know, with our team doctor at the hospital. And they said, you, he said, he called it, this is a shit injury. Because <laughs> he said, because <laughs> he said, yeah, it's it's basically what skiers get, you know, or long distance runners. That will I had, I had a crack, I had a crack shin bone, crack, you know, stress fracture in my shin. Yeah. So my, you know, my shin was cracked. And uh, they said, like, what we're going to do was going to put a steel, uh, we're going to put a rod in your leg and two screws in the one in the bottom of your, where your ankle is. And you knew, you know, I know, one yeah. At the top, <laughs> yeah, one at the top, one at the top where around my knee, but we're going to have to open up your leg. Now, I, obviously I don't know, you know, like I'm, I'm obviously I'm hurting, I'm injured. You know, the doctor says I need surgery. I'm just like, damn, I ain't never had surgery in my life, you know, before then. Yeah. Did you guys, uh, or was there, like, who, who was there with you for all this? Like, did you have your team physicians or team trainers or anything? Like, yeah, I think we had a team doctor at the time. Yeah. Um, and that's what he said, you know, he, we, cause we was at the actual hospital, like the, the international hospital that, you know, of the city. Hmm. And that's pretty much what they said that we, I had to do the surgery. I remember I had my mom on speaker and she was trying to ask questions or whatever, you know, about it. But like, you know, she tried to look it up and, you know, you know, when she was in the, she's in the States. Yeah. I can't imagine that was easy. <laughs> yeah. She's, but she came, she actually got an emergency passport. And after my surgery, she was there for my first like three weeks of recovery. Cause I was in a wheelchair for a week and then, you know, on crutches for yeah. like, you know, like, you know, two or three weeks. So, so this, this is now, is this your right leg or your left leg? This is my right leg. So they, this so they my, put a titanium was, rod down. The titanium rod in that leg, screw in it, both, you know, both yeah. top and bottom. And, you know, like, 
I, you know, obviously I just kind of took it easy for a while. Yeah. I was just there in the state. I was just there with my leg up, really just on the, you know, on my on my cane. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, on my on my crutches, you know. And then we you know my uh, the doctor. I felt like uh, the team. What happened was the other American had to have surgery too. Oh, jeez. Yeah, and so we both we had the, we had both our top Americans, both top players are out. <laughs> so the team was losing. So they're in last place, and I know they were panicking. Like one of y'all got to come back. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so basically, they picked me because I was oh, you know the better player. And so like the doctor was like, okay, now we can rev it up. I'm like, how how far out were you? Uh, Do you remember I how mean, long? I don't remember. I just remember like I was. Like I said, I didn't, I didn't leave my house. Me and my mom, <laughs> I didn't leave my house for about three three weeks because I was like, I'm not going up and down these stairs on crutches. <sighs> this it, it pains me to hear this story. <laughs> yeah. Pains me. I, yeah, because like I had left. I was like, man, I didn't leave my I didn't leave my apartment for like three weeks. Yeah. Um, something like that. You know, my mom was there. She was like, I'm okay. I'll stay with you. <laughs> and so I had to have the team look. Look, take my mom out in the city. Tell it so sure around. <laughs> I didn't want her to come all the way to Holland to stay in the house with me. <laughs> You know, um, but yeah, so they took her out. But like, I just stayed around, and then like the doctor was like, okay, you can stand up now. I'm like, <laughs> okay, I didn't realize. You know, I mean, I stood. It was still a little pain, but it was like, okay, now we can start revving you up, like doing little stuff here, ride the bike here, blah blah blah, blah blah blah. You know, I'm like, I didn't know that I was supposed to rev it up. I felt like I came back a little bit too early. You think you went? It, it sounds like to me like you went from zero to a hundred. Yeah, with well, nothing not in necessary, between. <laughs> not necessarily going like full blast, but I was, you know, like we started doing stuff. Yeah, you know, moving around, you know, making moves on my leg. Did you were you doing like what you would call physical therapy, or was yeah. it just kind of like here, it was, take the ball and go run around the court a little bit? Like, no, well, it wasn't that. It okay. was I wasn't touching the basketball, okay. but like we had a, we had a physical trainer. Okay, on good. The team. So we were doing like stuff, but I just. I don't know. I always feel like maybe I came back a little bit too early. Yeah, well, um, it depends. I mean, if you get a, sometimes with the titanium rod, the the return time is actually pretty quick. That's why we opt for that surgery, and we do do that here in the U.S. for uh, shin splints or not, stress fractures of the tibia. I mean, we we put titanium na- nails down there all the time. Yeah. Um, the advantage of the nail is it actually lets you start walking pretty quick because it bears the weight. It's a, what we call a load sharing device not a load-bearing device. So it's not going to break by you standing on it, and it's going to actually help things heal. So we do use that here. I'm just I'm concerned <laughs> about your rehab from the sounds of it. <laughs> no, nah, it wasn't. Yeah, it was. I felt they, they revved me up really fast. Yeah. And I want to say, you know, a couple months down the line, you know, I, I played like, you know, like I, I came back and played like half the game, half the game. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, uh after after playing half the game, half the game, like a couple of times, we, uh, you know, they said, okay, now you can go full blast, you know. I remember they made like a big deal of it, out of it, you know. Like I had to do a in- big old interview and this and that because <laughs> the other American, he was still injured. Oh, geez. He wasn't even ready. Oh, man. <laughs> so um, they brought me back. I, I played. We got all the way back to uh, like third place in the league. You know, we finished in third place that year. Uh, you know, if we if I'd have played the whole season, we probably would have came in first. Yeah. But like since, you know, like I said, we was in last place. Not halfway during the season, but like let's just say last place with after about a quarter and a half of the season. So okay. um 
Yeah, did, it, did like your, I said, was your agent ever there by your side, being like, "Hey, maybe we should get a second opinion. Maybe no. Would, do, you, do you want to fly it back is, home and hey, maybe have some? No, no. They was they knew if I went back home, that was it. I wasn't. I was going <laughs> to get the surgery in the states. I wouldn't have got the surgery there. You know, would that and, would that would that have been that bad though? I mean. I think uh, maybe from know, their point of view, because maybe they their felt point like, of view, yeah, they, they was like, oh, if he would have rehab home, we might not have, you know, yeah, we put all this, you know, thing with them. And so I was like, well, that sucks. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, like I play that season. Right. I actually play the next season like really well. That's was I moved from that country. We lost in championship uh, game seven, came home, went to Estonia. So now you're switch teams. Switch switch countries because okay. basically that was the last year. We was on the three-year run with that team. The coach gotcha. was crazy. Uh, we <laughs> practiced ridiculous. It was, yeah. And so... Well, no wonder you got a stress fracture yeah. in your tibia. That sounds like... Oh, no. It, we, we, we ran... We ran... And remember, like, our practice court, we had a gym, obviously, but it would be shared with doing other stuff. So we had a practice court that was rubber, like concrete rubber. Oh, jeez. Like the, I don't know how they call it in Europe. Like it was like rubber, but concrete rubber kind of court. Yeah. And so that was our regular practice court. Like what you would and find out in like a street court? It, like wasn't, in it wasn't necessarily like concrete. Yeah. It was hard, but it was supposed to be rubbery. It's it's hard to explain. Um, but Must it wasn't be. like, it wasn't like a basketball. Right. You know, right. it was, it was used for soccer. It was a and, synthetic and, type material, yeah. but not a hardwood. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't hardwood. Okay, it interesting. Wasn't hardwood. So it was yeah. A, okay. Yeah, it wasn't hardwood. That and probably didn't help. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't think it helped. <laughs> so, like I said, I finished that year. Uh, I played the next year because I was so motivated about leaving that country. Uh, I just got kind of me and the coach kind of butted heads towards the end. So, sure. anyway, I played the next year uh, in Estonia. Have a great year. Win MVP of the Baltic League. Win MVP of the Estonian League. All this stuff. You know, but this this league is this country. We play way more games, so oh, we, okay. I, we played about I want to say about 75, 80 oh, games. Oh wow, okay. Because we was in three different leagues all at once. Oh wow, different leagues. Yeah, that's like a full NBA season then. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We was playing like three times a week. Yeah, we was playing in the Baltic League. We was playing in Estonian League. We was playing in like a European league as well. <laughs> Our coaches practicing practicing us hard, <laughs> and so. And that that season was great. I had a wonderful season. And then the next, you know, I call, I go back home, kind of take a little bit of a break, uh, get ready for the next season, and then my my other leg starts bothering me. Uh oh, yeah. Were you like, so, oh no, this is the same thing? Did you know yeah. right away? Like I was like, it, it felt the same, but I wasn't sure. And so, like, what they did, I had a minor surgery, but they took out. The steel, the titanium rod in the in the screws, they took that out. From the other put, leg? Yeah, from the right leg. From my original from my but that original. One, but that wasn't bothering you. Uh no. Like what happened was they thought it would that one was bothering me. It wasn't that leg, it was the left one. So they said, Okay, we'll take this one out. The the tit- you know, we'll take that rod out. We'll put a, a plate over it. Uh steel plate over it. Uh and then uh, towards I played after I came back, you know, from that little minor surgery, quote unquote, and minor. yeah, no man, and taking like, a uh... yeah. And towards the end of the season, my other legs start bothering me, and by this time, 
<laughs> what people don't know is like athletes get addicted to pain pills. So I was taking oh. the leave like Skittles. Yeah, well, I was popping in the leave, popping in the leave. Oh, uh, Travis, the I'm I'm dying over here. This is. <laughs> I wish I was. I wish I was there for you, man. Exactly. That's why you know you know hint you know like that's why you're you're what you're doing is needed. You know what I'm saying? What yeah. you're doing is needed. Yeah. Well, that's we'll have that talk. Yeah. On we'll the side. The end. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So I'm you know like I said I'm popping pills like oh, pills I mean, like, yeah. like like Skittles. Uh, at this point, just to practice, like I'm popping maybe five, six to leave to practice, maybe seven, eight yeah. to play. Um, just to, you know, saying just to get through on a daily. So I'm just like, you know, my leg is killing me, man. So you had the so second the, surgery on the right. They took out the the yep. rod. They put a plate yep. on there, minor yep. procedure. And then your left leg, the opposite side, which until this point had no problems. Now you're starting to get the same kind of symptoms on same that side. Same feeling, yep. And then I went to a Finland doctor. I had to take a boat, you know, whatever to Finland. Yeah. And then the, basically, basically said like, you know, you have stress fracture in your left knee now your left leg so that's what's the pain and what this what this happens is like the team i was on at the time they was like look just play through it you can play through it and have the surgery after the season because we were in the finals at that time we were in the playoffs like I i played in the first round on the hurt legs but i was still able to dunk and things like that even though my leg was hurting it's probably because i didn't feel anything because i'm peeled up that's probably but, exactly what it was <laughs> you know what I'm saying? and it was like look just play through the season the owners were telling me just play through you know we'll pay for the surgery after the season just play through it man uh-huh. you know like do this for us you know we love you blah 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 we gave <laughs> you this we gave you that yeah and i had a, i had a dinner with all my teammates and i paid for the dinner all my teammates i was like look what do you think I should do? You know, they want me to play through it. Um, you know, and they was like, man, you know, excuse my language. F that, you know, I didn't want to say the word, but F that man, you know, like you have a long career coming and don't, yeah, don't do that, man. And so I decided not to play and they decided not to pay for my surgery. And I had to pay for the surgery myself. I have a feeling they probably wouldn't have paid either way from the sound of it. Yeah, so they didn't pay for my surgery. They, I didn't sign back for the next year. I had to pay for the surgery myself. And I had the steel rod put in my leg, you know, for that. And on I the rehabbed. Le- on the left side. Yeah. On the left leg. And then I rehabbed when I got home in the States. So you had so the surgery had, over there, though. I had surgery over there. I waited like a couple weeks before I got on a plane home. Yeah. And so, like, um, yeah. And so they end up losing in the finals. They're pissed. They give me a flight home, whatever. Uh, I go home. I'm rehabbing in the States. Uh, and then I'm, I'm playing pickup, getting ready to sign my next contract for the next year. Uh, and I get kicked in the shin, like so bad that it cracks. My whole leg almost snaps it in half. It cracked all the way down. Like, let's just say it cracked, like the bone is here. It cracked all the way to like almost the end of the bone. Playing pickup, you got kicked and you've basically almost completely fractured your tibia with the rod in there. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder. That makes me wonder if you were ever even healed in the first place. I don't think you know. Like I, don't I think probably so, wasn't healed enough to. Yeah. I, I look. I was trying to get another deal. 
Yeah. And just showing the team that I, you know, like they wanted to see me play pickup. So yeah, I had no, I, yeah, I get it. Yeah. Taping me play pickup. And while I'm playing pickup, somebody falls down, kicks me in my shin. And yeah, like I said, my career. I tell you what, and, if you didn't have that rod in your leg, your leg would have snapped in half. Yeah, exactly. That rod saved your leg from snapping in half. Now, what it tells me from, from my point of view, knowing that doing what I do is you were probably never healed. You That bone, even with the rod in, still has to heal. I mean, yeah. Even though the rod's there, the bone still has to heal. All the rod does is stabilize everything and allow that bone to be compressed, but the bone physiologically still has to bend together. And a lot of times, you know, with these stress fractures, people will not have much pain, sometimes none at all. But until that bone heals, that's the risk, you know? You go out there too soon or maybe it's not healed and you don't know it and one little thing yeah. like that can be the end of it. Yeah, well, like I said, after that, just my career, like that was about year seven. The My career was never the same. I never got the money that yeah. I was making then. And like, you know, like I, I continued to play. Um, it just, you know, like without that year, my son, my son probably doesn't be born. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it was because I mean, you know, that year basically, uh, you know, uh, I had my son or and uh, yeah, it took me a whole like I, I went back to Holland. They actually signed me back my old team uh, and they, they I took an x-ray and they showed my bone wasn't healed. Cause that happened in summer, so like let's just say July. Yeah. Uh, July, August, in December it wasn't healed yet, so I had to miss that whole entire season uh, to get my bone to heal again. Did you, you know? end up having to have another surgery then too? Nah, I never okay. had to have another surgery again. But just you know, like I said, it wasn't you know it was never the same. Yeah. You know, like everything never was the same. Yeah. Um, and like I said, I played. Like I said, I, I went back to Estonia, played a year. Went went to uh, uh, Germany, played a year, and I went to Australia twice. But like I said, the money was never the same after that. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm, after the after the injury. So. Yeah, I'm sure word got around in Europe, especially like a uh, little bit of damaged goods here. Yeah, and so like you know, it is like they know they in Europe they play on your desperation because they know you need to age out. Right. Yeah. So you just like, you don't want to sit out for, you know, a year or another year or whatever, you know, you need, you need to play. Yeah. And so like they play on that. So that's how, you know, that's how I end up going back, you know, after the year off of playing. Yeah. After the injury. Yeah. You crazy know? stuff. I mean, you can, I mean, you don't have to be a pro to hear the story and know that things probably would have unfolded a little differently here. Um, the injuries definitely would have been handled a lot differently. Yeah. Um, sounds yeah. like you had the right surgery for the right problem, which is good. And um, <laughs> I'm, I'm relieved to hear that. I don't know about that second procedure, taking the nail out and putting the plate on. I'm not sure what that was all about, but um, you got through it. Thank goodness. So, And still played and played well um, yeah. after that, yeah. which is good. I mean, that's great for you. Definitely, you yeah. dodged some bullets along the way. I'll tell you that. Because <laughs> um, hearing your story could have been a lot worse, my man. So, oh no, I, I definitely, definitely, I feel you know blessed <laughs> enough to yeah. where I still play three more years. Of yeah, that's that's a, that's. I mean, hearing the story about your first, your right leg, you know, that could have been the end for some people right there. So, um, I was I'm no. happy to hear that you were able to get through that okay and still no, be uh, still be successful. So good for you. <laughs> agree, agree. But agree. Uh, that, let that be a lesson to our listeners, man, because. You think you don't have it good over here? When it comes to healthcare, uh, you're severely mistaken. 
Things are a lot different when you get outside the U.S. of A. Oh, I agree. And with don't you get me that, wrong. There's some uh, there's some great places in Europe where you can get top notch, state of the art, you know, advanced procedures done. Very similar, if not even better, in some cases to how we do it here. But the 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 places that you can have that stuff done is much further and farther between. Um, out when you get over to Europe, so um, you're uh, you're kind of a walking testament to that. Oh, I agree. I mean, look, Kobe Bryant couldn't get that surgery for his knee in the states. Yeah, he only could get it in Germany. So yeah. you know, at the time, so yeah, well, he went like, and had some special injections and stuff. So yeah, yeah, they, yeah, yeah. They went. It was illegal. And that back here, then, yeah, so. back when he got it done, it was still very uh, experimental. A lot of uh, people weren't uh, providing that type of service here. Um, uh, it's still a little bit of a gray area in the medicine world here, but you can get it anywhere now. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember then when he got it, it was like, Oh yeah. You know, like, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, so, um, but yeah, like I said, I just, uh, would, that, that was like, you know, my injuries that I was kind of like, I, you know, that changed my career, my trajectory, yeah. whatever. Um, you know, like I said, I still play, but it just never was. I mean, to be honest with you, the last three years, was uh a lot of you know a lot of still you know not as many pills but still peeled up for yeah. games and things like that so, yeah. yeah well that's not nobody wants to be like that definitely exactly. not good for your long-term health so tell me now now what have you been up to since your career ended um and um is basketball still a big part of your uh your life well um Yes, I think so. I mean, I have a podcast, an athlete's journey. Where you got you. Well, did you have you had two at one time, right? And you got just the one I, now, or? Oh uh, no, I still got I still got multiple. You, you do, I yeah. Have the, yeah, I still got three actually. I just okay. I've been kind of focusing on two of them. Yeah, tell us a little bit more about it. And I'll have all the links of all these shows and everything in the show notes and description for everybody if they want to check it out. Um, tell us a little bit more about them. Well, pretty much. Uh, let's start off with the main one. Well, the 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 first one is easy. Believe in UCLA. Uh, it's on iHeartRadio, you know, Spotify, all those other you know podcasts. Um, that's pretty much like you know me talking about me being a former Bruin, talking about UCLA football, basketball, just UCLA sports in general. <coughs> um, you know, I've been doing that for a little bit now. I'm thinking about bringing a co-host, uh, TJ Cummings. He went to UCLA as well. Um, so that could be a possibility down the future, but right now I'm just now I'm focusing on obviously the football season, sure. which is starting Saturday. Yes, it for, is for uh, UCLA <laughs> and most of college football. Yep, college football uh, but, kicks it off. Yeah. Yep, yep. Um, but my main show is uh, an athlete's journey. Pretty much, uh, that's you know like where I interview former, current, and future athletes about their journey. Uh, sports. It could be any sport. It could be basketball, baseball, football, whatever. Uh, and talk about like you know their journey from the beginning of how they how they how their love for whatever sport they love uh, started to the to like the kind you know going through high school, college, and then if they you know uh, blessed enough to make it professional. And then for me, the main thing is what happened after. Uh, they finished their career. Now it could have yep. finished in college. You could have finished in high school. Could have finished yep. Yep. professionally. And uh, for me, it's like a lot of athletes, you know, they wonder why some of them have substance abuse problems or or drinking problems or whatever the case is. It's because that they don't really have an outlet after basketball. I mean, look, after I got injured that big time and I didn't really know what I wanted to do in my life. I was like 27 or 28 at the time. 
think it was about 20, 28, 29, whatever it was. And I was, like I said, I had played seven years overseas and I just didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. So I continued to play three more years just to kind of eke out. Yeah, know, sure. To get to that in that time. And after I just didn't, after I retired, I just had no idea what I wanted to do. And this show is about, you know, it's okay to not know after and like pretty much learn from my mistakes, other people's mistakes and their successes as well of how to make that transition after the, after the, the, the basketball, the football, whatever, you know, lights turn out. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, and I can vouch guys. It's a great show. Um, the athlete journey. I listened to a few episodes. You just did one recently where you had a former teammate, a fellow uh, collegiate player who played pro and now is like a famous HBO actor. Um, and I'll let yeah, you Simon tell the story friends, if you want yeah. about that. But <laughs> well, it's my friend. This guy named Solomon Hughes. He's a, actually Doctor Solomon Hughes. He'd be mad at me if I didn't say the doctor <laughs> part. Um, we grew up playing basketball together. Um, you know, he's from Southern California. He went to. Uh, we almost went to high school together. He went to Bishop of Mont. Bishop, yeah, Bishop of Mont. Ended up going to Cal and then played for the Harlem Globetrotters and played overseas for a little, a couple of years. And then he retired, you know, early. And then uh, he went to, he, he got his doctorate. And one day uh, he got a call from a friend of his who played in the NBA saying, You want to play Kareem Adu Jabbar? <laughs> and in this show, HBO show called Winning Time. Uh, and he was like, Yeah, you know, and if you look at him, he kind of looks like Kareem, He's you know, if you build. look at the He's got show. got the build, yeah. He got the build of Kareem. Now, he doesn't exactly look like Kareem, yeah. but he kind of, you know. Well, like, Hollywood, I mean, they could, make a, they could pull it off. Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying? He kind of, <laughs> you know, kind of looks like. So, it's, it's uh, he's a great, you know, great friend of mine. We grew up together, like I nice. said. And it's just like, you know, he's, you know, after he didn't know what he wanted to do after he retired. And so, he was like, look, I got to, you know, he loved school. So, he went back to school, you yeah. know. You know, for me, I had a son to feed at the time. So I was like, I got to find a job to provide for him, sure. you know, period. You know, yeah. and so that's what I did. I provided for him and got, you know, jobs until I figured out, you know, what I, I wanted to do, what I'm doing now, you know. Yep. So can we find you still playing uh, some pickup games in the men's league or uh, <laughs> on the sideline, maybe coaching your son? Where Where can we find you on the basketball court these days? Anywhere? Uh, you can find me. I, I play in little adult leagues here and there, little forty and up leagues. Nothing too serious. <laughs> I, I go about sixty-five, you know, percent of what I, you know, my capacity. I'm not definitely not trying to get hurt. Yeah. Definitely not trying to do any of that. Uh, so I just, I just go out there for fun now. Yeah. Um, I know the feeling. Have... I gave it up a few years ago myself. So... <laughs> I'm just messing. Well, anyway, no. Travis, thanks, man, for coming on. Awesome conversation. Great stories of your successes and your injuries, unfortunately, overseas. But a uh, very unique perspective compared to what we hear a lot of these talk shows. Most of the guys we see on the shows are all these NBA guys or college guys who played here in the States. It's such a different world over there in Europe, especially as a, as a pro athlete, especially in the world of basketball where things are just so much different. Thanks for uh, sharing your stories and enlightening us. And, um, uh, you know, like I said, everybody, I'll have all Travis's information in the show notes. Please check out his podcast that he's got going on, An Athlete's Journey, and um, uh, Believe uh, UCLA. Um, you can find them wherever you listen to your podcast and on iHeartRadio. And uh, I'll have all the links down below. So, Travis, any uh, parting words or words of advice for any of these young guys looking to maybe make it to the professional ranks in basketball these days? 
I would just say, you know, um, as a saying that I always put, you know, keeps keep growing, keep grinding. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of people, I think, um, like they have to, they love what basketball does for them, right? But it's not about, you know, what basketball does for you is what you can do like for basketball. And what I mean by that is, you know, the work, you got to love the work just as much as you love the game. You know, for me, when I was playing basketball overseas, you know, I love working out, you know, as much as I love the games, the games was just the cherry on the top, you know, like you got to love the work. And I tell my son that all the time, like practice is when you get better. You know, and so like when you're on that grind and trust me, like you're talking to a person who got cut multiple times. And so like it's the, there is a light at the end of that tunnel to all you players that may be in that route of like, you know, man, I got cut here. I got cut here. It's OK. Trust me, you're talking to a guy who got cut a lot. <laughs> like, dude, like you said, I think 90 percent of people probably would have gave up after that first year of yours. Exactly. So, so like I think I was going to give up. I was going to yeah. be part of that 90 percent. Yeah. You know, but I just kept, I just kept growing. I just kept, you know, I kept grinding, kept on it. And that's what I, you know, tell anybody, just stay on it. If you really, really, really want to play basketball, football, baseball, whatever, stay on it as much as you can. Um, Because once it's gone, it's gone, you know. Once you leave it and go go somewhere else, that's it. Yep. Ain't that the truth. Well, thanks again, Travis. Really appreciate you having uh, having you on the show. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, Travis Reed.